This is the Soul Center Fitness Podcast with your host, Stephen Slack. And today we have Todd Robbins, a physical therapist. Today we covered a lot of different topics. We go into his background. We go also into uh, the fitness industry and the clinical rehab industry or the physical therapy industry and how they are similar and how they are dissimilar. Um, ways that we can merge them better together and strategies we can use to uh, kind of urge this to happen. Um, also, then we move quickly to the foot and we start talking about um different things with the foot how the foot reacts to the rest of the body we also touch on how uh pronation supination affects achilles achilles tendon and uh different things we can kind of go into that but then we always have our side topics where we touch on uh, fascial slings and training for um resiliency in different um odd positions uh so we, we kind of cover a whole gamut of things that we'll probably touch on more on a later podcast uh we'll get more in depth but for right now enjoy uh this podcast and uh take some notes because he's a smart guy so let's go Hi guys, this is Steven Slack with Soul Center Fitness, and today I have a uh, physical therapist with me, Todd Robbins, and he actually owns a couple facilities as well. So I want to have him introduce himself, credentials, and etc. So, Todd, take it away. Uh, thanks for having me, Steven. Uh, so, as far as uh, credentials, that's always an interesting word, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm a I'm a physical therapist. Back when I went to school, I graduated in 2001. Uh, you needed a master's degree to sit for the uh, board exam. So, uh, so I got my master's. They now have a doctoral level uh, program. Uh, I'm grandfathered in, and uh, I never wanted to be called doctor anyway. So, <laughs> I'm gonna keep my master's. Uh, so, I have about 20 years experience in the field, and uh, have done lots of kind of continuing education. That's what we do a lot as physical therapists. Get a lot of education after school. Uh, we learn everything in school that we need to learn in order to pass the boards. And <laughs> then after that, we get out in the field and we learn how to do actual physical therapy. Uh, so I'm a fellow of Applied Functional Science uh, through Gary Gray's uh, gift program. He's uh, a well-known instructor. Kind of, He's the what we call the father of function in physical therapy. Uh, so I went through his uh, fellowship, which was really, really, really good. Uh, and I've taken all sorts of different coursework uh, along the way. Um, we've done training in our offices with lots of other um, uh, members of our team. So, uh, but to, I am a physical therapist, like you said. I'm also yeah. a business owner, and um, but I'm, I'm still I'm still currently uh, treating quite a bit of patients right now. Actually, we're getting a little bit busy. So. Okay, so you get the best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> there's probably a lot of pros and cons to that, but yeah. uh, there's probably always the joy kind of you have why you started this in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to kind of touch on your background a little bit. You you kind of glazed over. I want to get a little more in detail. Why did you want to become a physical therapist? Yeah, it's, it's always a good question. Uh, I answer uh, that, that question quite a bit. And when I ask more and more physical therapists, usually uh, a physical therapist gets introduced to it through an injury. So they have an injury of their own and they go to physical therapy. Um, I was pretty lucky. Uh, I never really had any major uh, injuries uh, when I was playing sports as a kid or anything like that. Um, so I certainly did lots of stupid stuff to injure myself, but I managed to avoid it. <laughs> I have a twin brother, and he actually got physical therapy. So that's how I got into it. I went to the physical therapy uh, clinic where he was getting treatment, uh, saw what was going on. The physical therapist that he had um, was a 
you know, kind of said, well, why don't you guys come in and check this out and see if you, you like it? So we started volunteering, my brother and I, at different physical therapy facilities and learning more about it. And, you know, I had, a, I had pretty good grades in school and I decided, you know, well, I, I don't really want to go to school to be a doctor. I think I get out of school when I'm 30 and, you know, then I start treating patients or something. Uh, I said, well, I can go to physical therapy school. I can go for five years and uh, get out and treat patients. Uh, that sounds, that sounds good to me. And, uh, it was, uh, it was a very good decision for me. You know, there's yeah. lots of other stuff I, I could have done, like uh, huh. even within medicine. But as far as you know, spending time with patients, um, I don't think there's another part of medicine where you get to kind of spend more time like, yeah. with your patients. It's, so got, it's a very know. unique kind of modality in physical therapy where you're, you're getting these people and you're actually you're changing their movement. You're with them a lot. Uh, as long as insurance allows it. <laughs> um, I was glad that you also said you had a twin brother because I was looking over the picture over here and I was mm -hmm. like, oh, am I seeing double what's going on over here? <laughs> yeah, so I, I have identical twin brother. Yeah. Uh, we look a lot alike depending on who you talk to. Yeah. Um, we, uh, my brother started our, our practice uh, about 16 years ago, and shortly after that, I came on and started our second office, um, and then uh, we grew the practice from there. Uh, it's Robbins Rehabilitation. We're in the Lehigh Valley, yeah. uh, so we've expanded out since then, but uh, yeah, my brother and I were very close, and we, we, went to, we went to physical therapy college together. We were roomed together you know, all four years that we were uh, doing undergrad. Um, and uh, we started the practice together, like after. Um, that's you know, that's really cool to kind of experience all that with somebody. That's awesome. Not, it doesn't always happen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, let, let's kind of touch into some of these questions. One of them was Gar Gary Gray. I've heard of him before. Mm -hmm. and he, you're saying he's more in the physical therapy realm as yep. credentials go. Mm -hmm. um, what did you like, or um, what did you think was something you, was very useful from that credential? Uh, can you give specifics? Sure. Yeah, so, so Gary Gray is a, a physical therapist. It's you know, his coursework is taken predominantly by physical therapists. Okay. But trainers also take his courses and do his fellowship. Yeah. Um, higher level trainers, um, like uh, were in my fellowship class uh, and, um, and and did a great job. Um, what I really like about what he teaches, like kind of like I said before, you learn all this stuff in physical therapy school that gets you to pass your board exam. Yeah. Um, and then you get out and you figure out like, wow, I need to, I need to, I need to learn a lot more stuff. So as far as, you know, kind of what he teaches is like, well, they told you the joint did this um, and this is what it says in the textbook, but uh, actually this is what it does. And we go through it, we do all the movements like, wow, I was, I was thinking about that completely the wrong way. So he, again, like the, he's called the father of function. And it's like, well, if the joint moves this many degrees and I get this manual muscle test, what's the real difference if the person can't, you know, get in and out of their car or if they can't pick up their kid like off the ground. So it's really focusing on function, how the body moves, how it works and how all the different muscles and joints work together. Um, but it's more, I think it's more, this is really how the body moves in real life and how do you get your patients and your clients to be able to do that through using different techniques that, that we use. Uh, that's really interesting. I, a couple things with, I think he's a perfect segue into my second question here and that's, um, what are the similarities and differences in fitness and rehab? And it seems like, you know, that, that functional training, I say that in, with air quotes because that's been used so many times in so many different oh, yeah. ways. Um, but it seems like that is just a kind of a, a desire that people want to have to kind of merge the two together seamlessly because ultimately the body is, I mean, when you deal with injury, you still have to function. And, mm -hmm. and those two performance and rehab are kind of, you know, waving back and forth. 
what are your thoughts on what are the what are some of the strong similarities in rehab and what are some of the stark differences yeah so uh so that's a really good question and you know what I would say is like we really should be working together. Like so, yeah. fitness and rehab should should work together. You know, whether I get you know an injured client and I need them to go into personal training, or someone gets hurt like during exercise and needs to kind of come and see me, uh, we have to have a really good relationship with trainers that that, that we work with. Um, what I if I was going to say like how they work together. It would be, you know, so I'm dealing with injured athletes and, you know, just injured people in general. Uh, so they, there's some sort of dysfunction. Typically, it's causing pain. doesn't have to, um, but pain is usually associated with it. And, uh, you know, they, they really can't do what they want to do in training. Uh, so they need to come see me so we can clear up that dysfunction that they have and then get them back to training. Uh, I will, uh, I, I often have uh, patients here that are still doing training, so you can do both at the same time, depending on the injury and severity and, and healing rate and stuff like that. Um, but uh, we want to make sure we're communicating with the, the trainers, like here, here's what we're doing in therapy, here's what I think we should avoid doing in training to let this heal up, here's absolutely what is fine to, to do. Um, but just like anything else, it just involves communication. You know, so yeah. like, here's what we're working on. We're, you know, really, I always say physical therapy, you know, and really therapy in general is, um, you know, it's a team sport. You know, we, we all got to kind of work together. Uh, I think oftentimes, you know, like different, like, like physical therapists, chiropractors, doctors, trainers, you know, fitness instructors, like, like class instructors and things like that. You know, they think like, well, how, well, if I send someone to physical therapy, then, you know, they're not going to need training. Or if, if I send someone to training, they're not going to come back to physical therapy. And yeah. it's, it's sometimes we kind of fight over this, like, person, yeah. you know, when really it should just be we're all working with them together. And there's plenty of pieces of the pie to, you know, kind of work with. Them. Yeah, it's interesting. It seems like uh, in this, we've kind of created such specializations in this society that we feel like we're competing against instead of trying to work together. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously, I, I feel like we're we're starting to move into the direction more and more where we realize, like, okay, we, we need each other. Like, mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of interesting to see. Um, do you feel like the healthcare system is moving more towards kind of this performance based or functional based uh, merging with functional training and, and things like that? Do you think they're they're kind of marrying together to the point where maybe? You know your your physical therapist is is your strength coach, mm -hmm. it, um, and I know there's a lot of strength coach physical therapists out there already, but that will become the norm. Sure, yeah, you know, it, it, there is you know kind of like a, a blurred line there between training and, and physical therapy, yeah. that, that just depending on the person. And a lot of physical therapists are trainers. So when I first got out of school and uh, I was broke, like I took I did personal training to like yeah. make extra money I ended up actually I got a job down at Rutgers University oh, I actually cool. coached their uh, their powerlifting team um, you know and obviously doing like training type stuff you know so we you know I, I think you know a lot of physical therapists might be want to be trainers right so yeah. we, we see lots of hurt people and they're like well hey how can I get this person that's not hurt and kind of push them past that yeah. Um, and on, but, the, on the contrary, all the trainers want to be physical therapists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, it's like uh, well, it's, uh, professional athletes and rock stars. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, like, exactly. all, like you know, right, you know and, and like actors and actors think they can start a band. and yeah, sound good. exactly. And, you know, people that are like artists. Grass is like, always greener, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so that all makes sense. But 
Yeah, I mean, it's it really is about just like like assessing the the person. But yeah. like, you know, I but what the way I think about it, and I've talked about with you before is you know trainers like wow you guys are the ex, uh, are the like kind of like you know exercise progression and performance um, like experts. All right? Yeah, I'm dealing with exercise and and different manual techni- techniques and things in treatment that are dealing specifically with an injured person. Yeah. Uh, so I just we, we don't do a whole lot of you know kind of like training. We're like all right now you're not injured. You're, you're able to do the things. Your joints have the right range of motion. Your muscles have the right strength to get back to doing things. And then, you know, we kind of hand them off to the, to the next step. Um, but you guys are really the experts at that. And then, yeah. like, we're more like, all right, this is the injury. These are the specific, you know, muscles we have yeah. to turn on and the joint motion that we need and everything to get them back to you guys. I feel like there's so much, like, with, with you guys, there are so many credentials that you can get. And there's so much to dive into. And it feels like the, the industry is starting to just scratch the surface on some of the knowledge. And the same thing on the performance side. It's like... Things are coming out every day. We're like, oh man, like we didn't know this stuff, and this is how the human body works. Maybe in gait, this is how we can connect it in our training. And I feel like it, it's truly like shows how complex the human body is when we have two specialties and we're barely scratching the surface and we're growing more and more each year. And this is kind of exciting. I don't know. Oh yeah, absolutely. How- <laughs> That's one of the, when I always talk. I get a lot of kids that come in and they're thinking, I'm thinking about being maybe like a physical therapist, yeah. being encouraged in the shadow. And I said. Physical therapy is a very unique profession in that there is so many different things. So we all get the same degree. We all take the same yeah. test, okay? And I get my degree, and then I can have a license um, and, uh, and, and practice physical therapy. But, for example, I do outpatient orthopedics, so I'm dealing mainly with adults uh, hmm. that have uh, all sorts of different injuries. Um, my wife went to the same college that I went to. She's a pediatric physical therapist. So okay. she went into that specialty through her fellow, for different trainings and just wanted to work with kids. They're like, well, we're both physical therapists, went to the same exact school, yeah. uh, we both passed the test. If I walked in and tried to treat her patient schedule, I would have no idea what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. It's completely different. It's not even, I would, it, it would be a disaster. And, you know, and she's been doing that for, you know, like, a, like yeah. 16 years. And so Amazing. for her to switch to, and to just go, oh, well, you know, well, I'm sick today, honey. If you go in and treat my patients, like, is that the way it works? Yeah. So there's all sorts of different, like, specialties within physical therapy, which, which gives you a lot of variety. And I, I think it's really good. I literally could stop right now and completely change my career, do like yeah. take different coursework and go be like a, a pediatric physical therapist. Yeah. I'd have to, I'd it's have to almost like you're in a completely different field, but you're on the same field. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing how much diversity there is. And it just, again, it shows how much we still don't know yet about the human body and how much we're learning each, yeah. each year. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to also now start to talk about some ways that we can kind of, you, are, you touched on this really already, but Uh, ways that we can better merge fitness and rehab. And you talked about kind of open communication and then the fancy term contraindications and indications or what not to do and what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you feel like um, there's a communication style that you kind of crave uh, that you, what would be your perfect scenario for a trainer therapist relationship? (laughs) Yes, that's a good question. It's something we've been, you know, working on for a while. I, I, 
I imagine the best way to do it is to be like on site together. Okay? Yeah. So where like you're having, you know, just kind of face to face time with the trainers and seeing, you know, clients that you've had, you know, like out on the floor that like that we've rehabbed and you see yeah. them out there and you see them working. Um, like ideally it would be in a single facility. Yeah. And, and, and stay, so and, the communication is, um, it's yeah, right it's there. It smacks you in the face. Yeah. yeah. And then it, it's also a much easier handoff. So uh, you have to imagine the, the patient's coming in to see us. Um, they get through physical therapy. They're doing well. We encourage them to like, you know, go out and like, Hey, find a, f- find a good trainer. You know, we recommend you guys. Um, or like, you know, just like go like, well, I don't know if I want to we'll join a gym. Mm-hmm. A lot of this is for, particularly for a lot of my um, patients. It, it's a little bit intimidating, you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah it's I'll, a I'll do that. different thing now. Yeah. yeah. And the, our, our patients, uh, God bless them. They're wonderful people, but people a lot of times end up in my office because they don't know how to exercise and maintain their body. They really need mm-hmm. that instruction. But it's intimidating. We call them, uh, we, we, we kind of call them uh, motor morons. You know? <laughs> yes. Like we're, we're having them doing that. Like, uh, like wow, like you, you just don't even know how to kind of turn yeah. it. Like we got to, all right, we got to break this down. Like let's do this. And they all get it like afterwards. Yeah. They just need some instruction on it. But I think for them it's very intimidating to kind of go into a place. But if I was, you know, had them on my table here, like, Hey, by the way, this is Steven. Like he's a trainer. You're getting used yeah. to like you're getting pretty close to the end of therapy. I think it's a good idea for you to transition and they see us together and know that we have a relationship. You know, if if we had people like on site in one facility, I think that would be the, the best way to kind of work. Yeah, and I, with that said, one of my dreams was to like I, eventually. Now I'm saying it uh, on on the air technically, so now somebody's gonna take my idea. It doesn't matter though, <laughs> as long as it works, right? Um, but um, I, I would love to. Even even within the same session where uh, the, you know, the therapist kind of does the rehab and then kind of educates the trainer on, okay, you know what, this is what they need out of their fitness right this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to activate this, you know, this needs to be working, but they need to be able to functionally do this move and like a handoff within a session in and of itself mm-hmm. would be pretty amazing, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, there's time and money and logistics that really mm-hmm. <laughs> take that out, but it'd be a kind of an interesting experiment. I know, I, I think a lot of professional athletes have access to that. Sure. They have really high-end strength coaches working yeah. with their athletic trainers and yeah. therapists and they get that, but bringing that to the general population would be so cool. Yeah, it's a it's a great concept, right? Uh, here's the uh, issue, uh, you know, healthcare in yeah. our country is just yeah. going to put a stop to that. So, you say, <laughs> here's this population, like, so what what, what do professional athletes have uh, and professional sports teams have? Lots of money, unlimited resources, right? <laughs> yeah. So there, it's not like, well, we better build Blue Cross for this uh, physical therapy treatment that we're giving our wide receiver here. No, yeah. they don't. Like, all right, so then if if like finances are not an issue, what's the best way to do this? And just like you said, yeah, they, like, all right, here's what we're going to do. we got physical therapists here. we got the, the strength coach yep. and, like, trainers and the even possibly the team physician. Yep. You know, like, actually, like, you know, probably like a professional sports team yeah. is, like, a pretty good, like, wow, everyone's here together. Although, well, we can go into a long debate on how they mistreat athletes. But, That's true. But <laughs> the, 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 the idea of it. Work. Yeah. <laughs> like the, so the physician is there. Like, he did the, the surgery, and yep. he's talking with the physical therapist and seeing how that person's moving a few days out from surgery. Yep. And then, you know, coordinating all of that, like, that would be great. Um, sometimes resources like limit your ability to, to do that. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. So uh, that's just a dream of mine. We'll see how yeah. what happens down the road. Yeah. But it would be fair. That would be awesome. And that really does break the barrier of communication altogether. Because mm-hmm. 
if the if the trainer doesn't get the point that the therapist trying to get across in while he's standing there, then you know mm-hmm. he needs to quit his job at that point. Yeah, but <laughs> but um, now I I, I kind of want to take a, a a detour to the foot, and I know mm-hmm. that you have a background in or you know a lot about the foot, mm-hmm. uh, and you, you you think that that's a, a kind of important part of functioning. Yeah, it's kind of the first. It's the contact with the rest of the world that's that right. you have. Um, touched on just just kind of give us a quick little background of why you uh, kind of focused on the foot. Mm-hmm. So uh, so now, Stephen, you've you've added me as having a foot fetish. Yeah, uh, ex- so I'm sorry, it's I'm exciting. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so you know the, the the foot's really important. Actually, the guys that did my fellowship training they started their coursework with the foot. Um, so I, I I took that course. I thought it was really interesting, and it is. And they're they're kind of they're saying is like when the foot hits the ground, everything changes. Mm. Uh, so it's about ground reaction forces and, and everything else. But it, it is just like you said, like it's the thing that's in contact, you know, with with Earth. You know, mm. hopefully, as long as you're upright. Um, <laughs> And just it's it just starts a chain reaction of so many things that go on in your body, but it's often neglected. I mean, uh, so Steve, when's the last time you uh, gave someone a foot exercise? Well, I, you know what, I, I did it today, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm also I also have a foot fetish. <laughs> so if, if you would ask how often my trainers uh, at, at the gym where I work do it. I would say maybe once a month. <laughs> yeah, you don't even, you don't even think. Well, yeah. you know, if you guys are, are listening, you know, you think like, what would be a foot exercise you would yeah. do? People would really struggle to come up with that. Yeah. I know I can know how to strengthen the knee and the hip and the shoulder, yeah. um, but it's it's pretty often neglected uh, the, the foot, and uh, you can get a lot of great results out of working yeah. uh, with the foot. Um, so yeah, it's a thing that's in contact with the ground. Um, but as soon as you're doing any jumping, running, landing, anything like that, um, the foot is so important. You know, it, mm. it does so many things um we could have a whole other podcast on the foot but <laughs> yeah, um but uh, like uh, i'm taking a look so when my patients come in if they've had if they have are having a knee problem or a hip problem or a, like a back problem or even a shoulder problem i'm thinking take their socks and shoes off i'm taking we're doing an yeah. assessment of the foot because that thing is in contact with the ground with what yeah. they're doing what, what bothers you uh, you know it bothers me like when, when i squat down or when like, i bend over um, or when I pick something up, like, yeah, your foot is in contact with the ground whenever you're doing those functional activities. Uh, so it's, if, you're not, if you're not assessing that and taking a look at it, um, you're, you're likely missing something with the client. Yeah, it's very interesting. I know for myself, like, I, I, I'm nowhere near where I want to be with training the foot, but I feel like assessment is the first thing that comes. Like, you learn what to see and what not to look, what dis- distracts you from what the big picture is. And then after you can assess the foot, now it's like, okay, now what do I do to fix this? And that's, the, <laughs> that's a completely different animal. And yeah. as a trainer, a lot of times it's like, okay, I know one foot exercise. Uh, let's just throw that one at everybody. Okay. And, and so that you kind of have to build your repertoire. I think that's something that would be crucial for you know, th- uh, therapists educating trainers. Mm-hmm. And just being like, hey, this is how the foot works. Um, here's a couple of exercise, one exercise for each one of these problems mm-hmm. to start with. And now you can build your library from there, but at least you have like a, a foundation set. Yeah. Um, is that, I know you've actually done that with my trainers mm-hmm. and that's, it's awesome. It's such a, it's a big blessing. Um, is there anything with the foot in specific um, that you can in detail talk about that you see a lot of? Well, what I say with uh, with the my patients that are coming through my office, I guess I'll give two things. As far as I'll give uh, flexibility and strength, uh, obviously things that all of us work on. Um, I would say working on dorsiflexion range of motion 
and the, the foot is so important. Um, and you know, a lot of times, you know, overlooked people say, people say like, oh, I have like tight calves and stuff like that. So people, people will say that. Um, but just over time, everyone's gastroc and soleus complex is going to shorten, you know, like if we don't keep on stretching it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think as far as flexible, that's the number one thing that I work on getting solid dorsiflexion range of motion on the foot and ankle. And with strength in the foot, it's really foot intrinsics. So those are the small muscles that, you know, if you were to imagine taking your foot and making it into a fist, like bending your toes and, and doing that, uh, those are the muscles on the bottom. Every single one of my patients that I test the foot and strength and intrinsic strength on um, is lacking there. Okay? Okay. We, we don't really use those muscles, yeah. but those are the ones that keep our toes in contact with the ground, build our arch, and give us, you know, support and balance. Um, but as soon as we put our, our feet in a shoe and that has good arch support, those muscles don't have to activate anymore. And the body is amazingly efficient. So the body knows, all right, well, this, is, this shoe is holding my arch up. I don't have to turn my muscles on anymore. I'm going to put my energy somewhere else. Shuts those off, and then you know, those muscles don't work. You know, the, 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 the shoe is doing the work of the muscles in the bottom of the foot. So they just kind of shut off. So I work on, we work on a lot of like, uh, you know, picking things up with your toes, just kind of like yeah. dexterity and stuff like that. And um, doing towel scoops. So in a standing position, like you have your foot on a towel and you want to like try and grab and pick up the towel with your toes. And uh, it's, it's really remarkable. But I have a lot of patients that start out and they do like, I can't do that. Like they, they literally can't even move their toes yeah. in a flexion like, like activity. So they like but within a few sessions it's just making that connection and turning like, all of a sudden now they can pick up a pencil and yeah and stuff like that is that kind of that neuromuscular it's connection? all neural it, yeah. it, it's it's so funny because i remember when i first what thought of the concept of training the foot i was like oh what is this all about and i try to you know pick up the towel with my toes i'm like i there's no way that that's gonna happen right. i can't move my feet that way yeah. but it's just so cool how it can change quickly but that it's, it's a thing that I wish more education was in just gen, like in normal school, in mm-hmm. high school, middle school. I feel like these are kind of important things if we are a human being. And we need to kind of know how a human being's body, at least in the basic level, should work. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're you're going to have to have me back another time, Steve, if you want to talk about what I want to do with, with school-age children. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to have to talk to you about yeah. that. Physical education is uh, it's, in our school rough. system is a misnomer, unfortunately. <laughs> There's so many, like... Yeah, again, my patients come in and they're, you know, 30, 40 years old. And yeah. say, You've never heard this? Like, not, <laughs> yeah. You never came across this at any point? Like, yeah. man, like, why are we not teaching this in <laughs> yeah. elementary school? This is know? basic information that yeah. we need to know. Yeah. Now, um, talking about the uh, barefoot training, I, mm-hmm. I want to talk about barefoot training. What do you think? Because you can't, some people you can't just throw into barefoot training. Oh, because, most people you can't. Yeah, because yeah. their foot is not ready for that. So, Give me a, like a real simple protocol for this. When, to, how to do it? What are the duration and etc. Yeah. So uh, I will preface this with depending on like the, your foot structure and type of injury, like or any past problems that you have. Some people just aren't appropriate to be barefoot. Yeah. But the vast majority of my patients and and, and your clients are are gonna be appropriate for that. And uh, so if I'm gonna say so, you would say like, well, how do you get people start doing that? You're not gonna have them go out and run a mile barefoot, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> It's uh, just getting used to being out of a shoe. And what I kind of liken it to is, um, and I have different people kind of talk to me about it, is if you just, from when you were a kid, put your, you know, uh, hands in mittens Mm -hmm. all the time, like all day long, your fingers aren't going to work very well, right? Yeah. So first thing I encourage is to get people out of shoes a little bit more often, but just around the house. 
So, you know, you're not going to go out, well, just don't wear shoes for like a week and see what happens. Your muscles aren't going to tolerate that. And they won't even tolerate it. If people are never barefoot, if they walk around barefoot for an hour just in their house, it's going to fatigue their muscles. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just like a gradual introduction to, to, to being barefoot. Um, and then just like, like more often like getting exercises that strength, like the towel scoops that we talked about can, yep. can help out too. Um, and then you can transition being barefoot. And it gives you some support. Mm -hmm. Um, gives you no support. Oh wow. Okay. It's so the whole design of the, you know, that we're, we're talking, as soon as I put my foot in a shoe, those muscles turn off. Yeah. When I wear Vibrams, they, they don't, so I'm using them all day long. Yeah. Okay? And just making sure they're strong. And you've right? built up that endurance yeah. over time. Yeah. Hour yeah. get back in regular shoes. Next yeah. day, wear them for like a couple hours. Yeah. Um, but it's really just exposure to being barefoot more yeah. often. That's and getting those muscles to start to activate. Absolutely. And do that. Yeah. There's a, um, uh, there's a philosophy out there with a lot of trainers and it's actually not new. It's, it's from Paul Quinn. He's one of the strength trainers, you know, Russian mm -hmm. back in the day. Um, it, if the philosophy is, you know, however strong your hip is, that foot has got to be actually a lot more well-trained and ready to absorb that impact. And I've, I've kind of really taken this philosophy, kind of run with it, because I feel like, uh, it, you're, like you said, the foot is the first contact of the ground. It's got to absorb all of that impact from your body weight. And if it's not as strong as the hip, uh, obviously, relatively, the hip's going to be way stronger because it's mm -hmm. got bigger muscles. But if you're not training it just as much, or if not a little bit more, it's not going to be able to handle that. And all those weird, you know, funky variations we see in the feet happen occur, where you get your bunions and pronation and mm -hmm. stuff like that. I don't know if you kind of agree with that kind of a philosophy, but oh, absolutely. So we yeah. talk about just kind of like the whole lower extremity, and uh, and so what's in the the middle of the foot and the the hip that we're talking about here is the knee. So I always say like the knee is just kind of stuck in the middle with nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah. The knee is, is a dummy joint. Yeah. It does what the foot and the hip tell it Gets to do. Gets bullied a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so the hip. So this is what I tell my patients. Guess what? The strongest muscles in your body are in your hip. So a lot of my f foot patients, uh, I'll go through, like they have really weak hip, particularly external rotators and abductors. Uh, so we work on that. And I said, why? They're like, why are you working on my hip if there's problems with foot? You get your hip working better and your foot's mm. going to work better. Yeah. But the area, just like you said, you know, if the, if the foot's not as strong, the, you know, the, the chain is always going to break at the weakest length. And yeah. oftentimes, I always tell my patients, we beat up our spines and we beat up our feet. You know, like people have lots of problems that come in to see me for that because maybe they're doing more activity. The part that's gonna break down is the foot because it is poorly trained. Yeah. You know? If it's not strong enough to you know, stand all the force, just like you're talking about coming yeah. from the hip, then that's where you're gonna have breakdown. Less frequently are we really gonna have like true like you know, traumatic injury or sprains or anything like that in the hip. That's super stable. That joint's just gonna wear yeah. out over time. It's pretty the, solid, yeah. yeah. But then we get the ankle sprains and Achilles tendonitis yep. and posterior tip stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's really where you know, like, uh, what takes the the brunt of the yeah. abuse is the foot. I like what you said before. It kind of shows the interconnectedness of that hip and that foot. Where it's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Mm -hmm. uh, but like you said, again, that, that I think for more so for athletes because they're pounding a lot. They oh, need yeah. their feet and ankles and that whole structure to be rock solid i mean so do the normal population but they're usually not jumping around and you know but occasionally you know so an, something scares you and you start to run and now you wish you had better That's foot right. strength um now uh, i, I want to go into our my last question here and this is just me getting like uh, i want to get a little uh, like geek sure going on so uh, i want to talk about uh how however geeky you can get here with the achilles tendon 
um, and how it relates to pronation and supination. Mm-hmm. So what's happening to this Achilles tendon if somebody's overly supinated, somebody's overly pronated, and uh, you have to start there. Yeah. So uh, that's, a, that's a really great uh, question, and uh, we, this goes back to kind of some of my fellowship training. So uh, the Achilles tendon and uh, the, the calf back there, uh, Achilles tendon is the thickest like um, tendon in your whole body. Mm. So we do uh, gross anatomy through uh, school. Like when we go through like our junior year. So I spent my whole summer with 16 dead people um, <laughs> and learned a lot about them. And I had friends. this little old, like 90 year old lady. Okay. So it's just, the, it, she was you know, older, yeah. just like a frail person. And we had to go in and dissect like her Achilles tendon and you had to like saw through it. It's like, and the, the, you, now you have someone that's like 250 pounds. It's yeah. completely different, but that was, it's just so, amazing that's, how much bigger crazy. the Achilles tendon is so it, it takes on a ton of force and you're talking about like you know, what what happens when you have for pronated or supernated so your Achilles tendon comes down and attaches in the back of your calcaneus it's a pretty thick band of tissue there and you know we learn in school so the Achilles tendon attaches to the gastroc and so the gastroc promotes like so what kind of motion happens when you turn on the gastroc and you pull on the Achilles tendon what happens so you pull on the Achilles tendon through the gastroc you're going to get uh the what plantar flexion right yeah so then we think of that that's like kind of a sagittal plane motion like front front and back there it's like well that's what that's what happens as we learn in school so like any other planes don't make any difference at all yeah yeah. it's completely false just isolating that one yeah (laughs) the Achilles tendon works in all three planes of motion it works in rotational plane works in the transverse plane works in the frontal plane. that's so interesting mm. yeah, yeah it's, it's like it seems like common says now that you've said it mm-hmm. but it's just not said <laughs> yeah just in the textbooks like it does this does nothing else yeah. so that's part of our fellowship so to answer your question about pronation or supination so if i'm pronated then my calcaneus you know if you think if you imagine staring at the back of the, the foot yeah. if i'm pronated the calcaneus is going to evert okay and the bone's going to move so now that the Achilles tendon is attached to that bone, so like it's going to change like the attachment and the tension on yeah. there. So if I'm pronated, I'm putting more of a pull on the medial side okay. of that uh, of the Achilles tendon, and it's going to have a different line of pull. It's going to change things because okay. the attachment to the bone is never going to change, but the position of the bone is going to change. Okay. So okay. if I'm pronated, yeah. it's changing the way that the gastroc works as it comes down and attaches into the Achilles tendon there, and it's putting a different line of pull on there that. So you can get activation more in that medial gastroc now, mm-hmm. and the, the lateral might start to fall off. Right. I, if, I guess that would be the line of pull there. Mm-hmm. I'm just assuming. Yeah, and so then the same thing go the, the opposite direction is if I'm you know supinated, supinated yeah. and I have like that higher arch, it's going to invert my calcaneus. And yeah. you can imagine if you just did that a little bit, how much it, you know it's, how much it's going to pull. It's going to pull down you know more on the lateral um, Achilles tendon. And the medial Achilles tendon is going to pull up a little bit. There's going to be like less tension there. Yeah. Um, so you know, we, we train people in a lot of different foot positions you know, so that they're kind of pre- prepared for it. Okay, so um, does that mean you're training them in both supination and pronation and yeah. obviously neutral as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Very interesting. So you, you, you want strength in, and we, we think about like a, you know, an activity or an exercise. If you were just going to do an exercise, I want you to be strong at the bottom of that motion, at the top of the motion, at the middle of the motion yeah. you know the so, lateral ends of the yeah, motion. exactly yeah. so you know we i want to put people in as many challenging positions as possible because when people get injured they get out there in the real world and their foot is in a bad position and then you know they're off balance and they turn yeah. their knee and they get and they're in this uh. odd position and that's when tissue breaks down 
But if I've put them in that position, you know, and, they, and their body has felt it, and they can come back from that position, and when they get out there in the real world, then the tissue doesn't break down. Oh, man, I'm vibing at this right now because <laughs> I was just listening to a couple guys that, you know, they're uh, students of Poliquin. Uh, one of the guys, uh, not a direct student, but followed his philosophy. Uh, the, he's called the knees over toes guy, and his whole oh, philosophy is... It's a big debate. I know, I know. <laughs> and his whole philosophy is, I mean, he takes it to the excess. I mean, he gets the knees over the toes mm -hmm. to the point, because he's training a lot of basketball players, and he's mm -hmm. saying when you're jumping, that knee is way over the toe mm -hmm. in some of these positions. And if you can't strength train, you know, with, with a good progression and safely and with great range of motion in that end range, then they, they're going to get injuries into mm -hmm. that position um, while they're repetitively jumping over and over again. It just kind of sounded a lot like what you were saying there, mm -hmm. you know, putting people in uh, maybe some slightly unconventional positions mm -hmm. and just, you know, safely progressing it with your, your clinical background. You kind of know how to do that. Mm -hmm. And then letting these people, they're, they're not in a bottle. They're not like, okay, I have to stay in neutral spine. And if right. anybody, anything attacks me, I'm just going <laughs> to fall over and hope that it runs away. But yeah, no, that's, and that's absolutely what, and that's I, my number one goal in physical therapy is, you know, it's, it's obviously to get the patient better, but I need to educate them enough to like, to make sure they do not come back and see me with the same problem. Yes. If yeah. someone you know, has like chronic ankle sprains and we get it fixed and they're, and they're doing well and they come back a year later and they sprain their ankle, then I have failed in, in, uh. in some way. Um, so just like you're saying about, about that type of training, it used to be like, well, you can only be in this. They had injury, ACL injury prevention programs. Yeah. And like, well, make sure you never do this with your knees and you always land like this. And then you're telling like a basketball <laughs> player to do that. Like, no, that's, a, that's like impossible. Well, as long as you don't put any stress in the ACL, yeah. they'll never tear. Like, well, you also can't run. So yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? exactly. So I think there's been more of a shift in, in talking about that stuff. Like is, you know, can I get into a compromising position and train the muscles to return from that position? Because you're just going to get in odd positions, running down the basketball court. Well, the pass comes over your opposite shoulder. You turn around, yeah, plant your foot. You're turning. Yep. You can't see where you're going, and you got to kind of. So you're in a like a funky position. Yeah. You know? Has your body ever been in that position before? <laughs> if not, then you're going to struggle to get off it. But if yep. I've you know trained you and I tried all these different positions and get your feet in as yep. many different spots as possible, that when you're playing a sport or just when you're walking on uneven grass and you step you step yeah. on a rock and you know your your body has to react. You know if your foot's been in that position before, it has a much greater chance of recovery from that position and not getting injured that is that's really cool stuff mm -hmm. uh, I'm thank and I, I one thing I want to touch on I didn't have this written down and I'm gonna make this quick and then what promise will end there uh, is have you ever heard of the uh, uh, anatomy trains oh sure stuff? yeah it, it then when you start to get into like training the fascia and the mm -hmm. slings it seems like it takes this conversation we're having to a whole new realm yeah um and you know the training the different concepts of the viscosity and training elasticity and etc yeah. um it's just so much fun and we'll probably be learning until we're really old oh yeah <laughs> as, as soon as we as soon as we figure it all out steve we know we're screwed exactly can never can never figure everything out but so but we have so those trains that you talk about there uh there's a whole series of them on the wall in our east and office because one of our um, therapists over there went through he the coursework awesome. and stuff. That's so cool. And uh, it's a really good tool just for explaining stuff to patients too. Yeah. Like as a visual and understanding that like, all right, your knee hurts. Like it's not just your knee. There's yeah. this whole system of like, <laughs> all sorts of stuff that's going all through your body, you know. So yeah, so we got to work on a little bit of yeah. everything. That's so cool. All right, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I, 
I, we have to do this again because there's already like seven other topics. Ah, I, I got seven other podcasts ready. ready yeah, to go, all right. That's man. You're gonna be my go-to <laughs> for the next couple months. Uh, well, let's see but, if let's see if anyone you know likes our uh, likes yeah our podcast, yeah. Right? If we get one follower, then I'll be like, all right, well, never mind. I'm not going back to him now. Uh, so thank you so much. I look forward to talking to you in the future. And um, uh, great job today. Ah, thanks for having me, Stephen. I loved it. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. And just kind of as a recap, Todd Robbins, physical therapist, he owns a large privately owned practice in New Jersey in the Lehigh Valley uh, called Robbins Rehabilitation. And uh, you can contact him at 908-454-2404. And that would be actually the number to get a free uh, consult. Uh, again, that's 908-454-2404. And also, you can reach him at his email address, which is Todd, T-O-D-D, at Robbins, P-T, all one word, dot com. Again, that is Todd at Robbins, P-T, dot com. Thank you again for listening and look forward to uh, hanging out with you next time. Over and out.